Welcome to Acquiring Minds, a podcast about buying businesses. My name is Will Smith. Acquiring an existing business is an awesome opportunity for many entrepreneurs. And on this podcast, I talk to the people who do it. Mike Garden is making a hundred grand per month and all that with just a small remote team. Pretty good, right? He did this by finding underutilized websites, acquiring them, and then building them up. But aside from the money, listen for these other themes in Mike's story. He acquired a business he knew a lot about already, for example. He had experience doing, at a large scale, what he then did for himself at a smaller scale. Also, he was patient and even methodical in executing a multi-year plan to escape corporate America and join the ranks of entrepreneurs. He applied knowledge from one domain that he knew, finance and trading, to another, website acquisition. Lots to learn from Mike and this life that he has very intentionally crafted for himself. Here he is, Mike Garden. Mike Garden, thank you for joining me today on Acquiring Minds. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. You own Career Cloud, which is a website that helps job seekers along their path. And Career Cloud is actually one uh, of a handful of websites that you own through a holding company and an acquiring company called Rejoin Media. So you're really doing what is the goal and, and the dream of a lot of people, which is to acquire a website or websites and have them be quite profitable and, and afford a great lifestyle. So I think the audience is really going to be interested in, in your story and how you've, how you've managed to do this. There's, there's so much interest in acquiring websites and digital businesses these days. Um, but before we launch into the, the nitty gritty here and, and what you're doing now, why don't you give us a quick three minutes on your professional history that led you to want to acquire a digital business in the first place? Sure. Uh, yeah. So I have a varied background and it all kind of comes together in a story. So I'll try to give you the quick version. Um, sure. But I started my career really as a, a prop futures trader. So what that means is I was in the financial markets and I was actually making buy and sell decisions on uh, derivative products called futures. So you can think of like corn futures and natural gas futures and, and all this kind of stuff. And really there is where I kind of learned a lot about the world of investing and um, risk and also really discover kind of optionality and how you can um, hold portfolios of different securities and, and even use optionality like in your career decisions and what you, what you do in your life. So kind of fast forward to, I guess, the, the second career that I had, which was really, I wound up in content marketing, online media, in this world of SEO. So I helped to build a company out in Seattle uh, called Soda, uh, soda.com. And Soda was really a mini conglomerate of uh, internet-based uh, sites. So reviews.com, uh, many of your audience may have used that site at some point. We were basically an online review service. And then there was a couple others that were basically on the same model. We would uh, you know, do SEO to rank content and then used had partner advertising partner relationships and and the like so what, what year are we now because um in, in the seo world it moves so quickly this is relevant great question so that was like 2014 to 2016 and in 2016 oh. we sold that company to a private equity firm so okay. um 
After that, did a little bit of corporate consulting at a large uh, Fortune 500 company, just helping them build new products and services for their customers. And then, you know, I just am not a guy that's going to last a a real long time in the corporate world. So (laughs) I ended up kind of going back to my roots, uh, forming what is Rejoin Media and essentially doing the same thing that we did with Reviews.com and Soda, except for myself and, and I have a business partner. So we just go out and we look at um, different online businesses, acquire them um, and sort of put them through you know, our growth model, what we learned uh, coming out of the SEO world. And you know, our plan is to really hold these companies as a portfolio. Uh, you know, if we get the chance, we'll sell a couple of them here or there or, you know, maybe exit the business altogether. But our plan right now is long-term hold. We've created a, you know, and just really create a good lifestyle business where a small team can operate and we can just do really well and not have a, a whole a whole lot of headaches from running like a major team. Sure. So your intention is to keep it, is to keep it modest in size, at least team-wise. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've learned a lot of lessons around, um, we, we, we raise venture capital. I've, I've been part of that whole world before and I don't really want to do that anymore. Cause I think mm-hmm. it just, it adds these layers of complexity on and you end up not being fully in control. I've got young kids. My wife's really busy. You know, this is like the prime years for them. Uh, and I want to be there and I want to just have a, like a, I'm really, maximizing for freedom is what I'm trying to do, um, in my life right now. So, and so how much, in terms of freedom, would you say how much are you working every week, for example? Yeah, I think I work full time on on our business and on our sites, but I enjoy it too. So I I would say it's definitely not more than 40 hours a week. Um, because you know, if my kids have something going on, midday on a Tuesday, you know, I can, I can jaunt off and do that. And I did that a whole bunch this past week. Um, but that's still, you know, kind of a full-time operating, uh, gig, but it's not anywhere near crazy levels. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, let's, let's, um, back up a little bit to, to when you were looking for the acquisition, you decided that you didn't want to go the corporate route and you had seen this really this successful model of, of website acquisition or website growing optimization with SEO. And then, and you've seen it at a really high level, I guess, a really successful example of that yeah. sold out to um, private equity. So you, and you thought that you could do, you could just do this yourself, the same model. What were the, I mean, did you consider acquiring other businesses or were, or, or other types of businesses like e-commerce or SaaS or even offline businesses? Or were you basically making the decision to just do this model and therefore it was going to be a content affiliate? There was never any question in your mind that that was the business model you'd pursue or the businesses to acquire that you'd pursue. Yeah. So that's really, that's what we know. Um, yeah. and we had our expertise in. And so I think it's really important that you know, if, if you're thinking about acquiring a site, it's like, well, how, how do you lever that, right? You can buy a site and hopefully it can run itself and hopefully you pay a great price that it makes it all, you know, sort of worthwhile um, and you don't have to do anything. But I think that's probably unlikely in, yep. in most scenarios. And so that's where our expertise was. Um, there's a lot of sites that are out there that, um, you know, can, can fit that mold. And mm-hmm. so we were just lo- really looking for something that we could 
you know, just do what we know and, and grow. And then the future plan could be lots of different things. Like once you, once you have enough revenue, once you have enough, uh, you know, a big enough foundation that opens up all of these doorways to creativity. Um, we're looking at, uh, different types of e-commerce businesses now because I want to diversify mm-hmm. and I want to get away from, um, you know, straight kind of affiliate model. That's just mm-hmm. because of the mix. And again, I, I'm a financial guy. I'm trying, I'm thinking in terms of how do I build this blended portfolio that reduces risk across the board? So mm-hmm. I don't have future headaches. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think it's really important, um, you know, to, to, to buy something that you can kind of know and you have an idea of how you could grow it. Um, and so that's where, that is where we started. Okay. Okay. And so tell us about your first search. Was Career Cloud the first search or was it, was it a later one? And you've had some, because you mentioned offline that you've had some that weren't successful. So give us a sense of the, the actual sites themselves that you acquired. Sure. So, um, yeah, we were, we weren't looking for a career site per se. And, and my business partner, um, whose also name is Mike, uh, you know, he actually found it. Um, but we were just looking for basically websites that had really what, what matters in SEO, right? Mm-hmm. It's like good content, good backlink profiles, and then a decent brand that you think, you know, can sort of catch on and as you promote things. So mm-hmm. that's what we were just kind of, and then that's what we were looking for. And then something that was maybe underutilized or under monetized. And so, um, when we were searching, we get some private deal flow just from being in the industry. And we also utilize sites like Flippa and Empire Flippers. And I believe we found it on Flippa, actually. Really? Um, yeah. And I, I think I would say the majority of stuff we look at on Flippa is not up to up to par for us, but yeah. I think that one was. And this was, again, I think like in, you know, 2017 or something like that time frame. Um, I imagine it's gotten a lot more competitive since. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, Flippo was pretty nascent at the time. So, um, so we, you know, I think the, we, we look at, basically we look at topic and career is broad enough and have, you know, it has, has a lot of good stuff that we can talk about. I'm interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to, t- I, I kind of like to talk about it as work life now. And I don't really use the word career that much because mm-hmm. I, I'm really focused on like the integration of these, of like your personal and your, in your work life. But, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's a great, it's a great broad topic that has these niches that are really important. You know, how, how do you hire people? How do you get hired? All of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Topically, you know, really good. We had, they had, the site had a lot of good backlinks from uh, the previous owner who had been in the media a little bit. Uh, he was basically trying to build like a job search platform with it previously. Um, and so had, had a great backlinks and, um, you know, we look at, you look around at, we look at competition, who else is in the field and do we think we can rank and we have kind of, you know, I guess, processes around really looking at that. And we pulled the trigger um, and got the podcast as well. That was like part of it. It had a podcast going. So, so was the, in terms of SEO, it was also, of course, age is important. So was it a pretty old property or domain? I want to say, I want to say it was like about two year, two and a half years old at the time. Oh, so So it wasn't super old. It wasn't super long. Um, But again, I think like, you're talking about sort of the early days and it had, had a little buzz around it, at, you know, from like 2015, 16 time period. So 
I, I, you know, I think he just kind of had, had a little bit of timing that was really good with it as well. And then I, I believe the previous owner just, you know, I, I don't know that he figured out how to sort of monetize it from what he was trying to do with it on the job search engine front. So he had sort of a business model he was pursuing, couldn't figure that out. I believe, I believe so. Yeah, I believe that was the case. Okay. And the opportunity that you saw was to basically not, not do his business model, but to do an affiliate business model. So right. you, you had looked at the career space for or the work-life space and seen that there were affiliate deals out there or things that you could promote from an affiliate perspective uh, to monetize the site. And this was just not where he was looking. So you, you came at it with a completely different framework. Yeah, exactly okay. right. Yeah. And so what, what did the deal look like? Can you tell us any of the, the numbers or terms? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the only real big, big terms are, you know, are, are you getting what you want in terms of assets, IP and, and the like? So, uh, you know, we acquired the site, all the, all of the content, the domain name, the podcast. Uh, I don't know if anything was trademarked. I can't even remember in terms of, you know, some of that stuff. And then it's, you know, it's, it's price. So we acquired that site for kind of mid five figures uh, at the time. And we just sort of sat on it and said, okay, like, you know, this is going to be a long-term plan. You know, um, we'll figure out how to do this, how to really grow it at some point in the future. But we just looked at it as an asset we could hold um, and eventually kind of start working on it. Okay. So you didn't immediately just say, okay, we acquired the site. Now let's kick off our, our playbook here that we learned at no, reviews.com. I think there, there, there may have been a couple of pages that were getting traffic that we could monetize on a very small level. And I think we did that right away just so it was kicking off a little bit of income, but it, it didn't, it wasn't really meaningful at the time. Okay. Okay. So then, so how did you, how did it then become meaningful ultimately? Yeah. So really, you know, I was doing corporate consulting kind of at that time and when I started kind of engineering my pathway out of that and, and really thinking about how I was going to transition, mm -hmm. um, my plan was to really start kind of formalizing around our company and rejoin media. We acquired a couple other smaller sites, some things that we're not even working on yet. Mm -hmm. um, so we put that capital to work and then we basically said, all right, for me to go full time, like I need one big client that can generate uh, uh, some kind of operating capital that we can feed back into the, the owned, what we call the owned asset side of our business, which is the, the sites that we acquire. And took a, took a long time, took about a year to figure out that right relationship. Once we got that figured out, I kind of went full time and started really doing um, what we kind of call content ops. So, you know, good solid keyword research, developing content, and then doing uh, outreach and marketing of that content. So this would have been in the like, I believe it was maybe May 2019 timeframe when I really started trying to like hit the gas on her. Oh, okay. So you, you acquired, you held the site for a number of years, yeah, three or four yeah. years before you really invested in it. Yep. Now, if you, and, and you did that because you basically needed to continue to support yourself and support the entity through your consulting work. Yeah. It, and we were trying to, you know, I, I'm a, I, I, kids have made me really patient. So I have like a longer <laughs> working on that. time horizon and I, and I, I, I want, I, I do a lot of work to like set up 
how I want to do things. And just, again, my prior experiences, I kind of knew what I didn't want. And so I wanted to really just make sure that like the, the road, the, you know, the train tracks were set for the, the transition to happen to, and the goal was to get to the point where I could work full time on stuff we own. Sure. And I'm not working with clients and I'm not working, you know, we're not working with entities that are taking things from me. I've kind of really, again, optimized for my freedom and my ownership. And so I took a long time to really think about how I was going to lay those foundations. And then once they were in place, you know, and I executed that plan, it was like, all right, this is what I set up for. So now I'm able to work full time on these things. So, and so laying that foundation, making that plan, and supporting yourself in the meantime for those, let's call them three years, you you had you were a consultant. That's how you were supporting yourself. Yeah. I mm-hmm. had a full-time job as a innovation consultant for a, a large company, a Fortune 500 company. Yep. And I was helping okay. them, basically advising them on how to build new product offerings for their uh, for the customers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, but when you went whole hog with Career Cloud. It doesn't sound like Career Cloud was yet making much money still. So there was still a there was still a big gamble there because you yeah. you severed your your income right. uh, before Career Cloud had even approached replacing that income. So right. as, uh, even though you had laid this plan, there was still a moment of risk, a moment where you stepped off the ledge, as it were. Fair? Is uh, that am I am I understanding the chronology? Yeah, no, right? it's, a, it's a great. Yeah, I kind of skipped over that, but it's a great point. So. Yes, there was still a moment of risk, but not really because the work that I had done, I knew that I needed to replace my income. And I did that through one large consulting relationship. So I left. Uh, so this is a different consulting relationship. I, I left that Fortune 500 company where I was an external consultant and I got one client that needed big time SEO, content marketing, consulting. And I was able to sort of build a team around that to support them that I could also use and and leverage on our owned asset side. Oh, so this team that you built uh, for the your client, you also then kind of inherited, or we're, we're going to work with them again at yeah, Rejoin. The same operations, right? Like cool. I was doing the same thing I was doing for the client at a larger scale. We needed to do, and and it was the infrastructure for what we needed to do for our owned asset side. Okay. Okay. Um, And just skipping forward a little bit, just to give people, maybe I should um, edit this into the the intro of the podcast, but give us a sense of how well Career Cloud is doing now. Numbers, if you could. Yeah. So Career Cloud, I mean, the whole portfolio, but Career Cloud is the vast majority of it is is over $100,000 a month in top line revenue. And that's all from, you know, advertising partnerships, essentially. So just just to be clear here with the audience, this is an asset that you acquired for mid five figures, and yes. is is now I, I realize not by itself, but it's the vast contr- majority, the, the the largest contributor to a hundred grand a month in monthly revenue. So that's quite yep. a yep success story. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And how yeah. and how big is your team? Uh, five remote. Five. Yeah. Five remote. Are they all full time? Uh, three are. Yep. And then there's, yeah, the, and the one is part-time and then there's, so. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. That's great. Okay. So um, I want to just talk a little bit, get into the weeds a little bit. I, I, I wouldn't typically do this, but because I think there's so many people interested in this very business model, um, I think people will be, enough people will be interested in this. 
So, you know, the SEO game and, and the affiliate game, it seems really difficult to me because I've been a publisher. I'm on the receiving end, for example, of a lot of emails asking for a link. So, you know, the name for people who don't know the name of the game in SEO is having other websites linked to your website. So there's a practice now that's evolved and just gotten really crowded and noisy and spammy over the last few years where you email website owners and say, hey, link to my great piece of content. So if you own a website, you're receiving these emails from people. Point is, it's very competitive. And the, these the tactics that, that people uncover that in SEO are then learned by the entire community and they're quickly competed away. So that's always what I find daunting about the affiliate world is it's hyper competitive because it is such an appealing style of business, lifestyle business usually. Um, and because the barriers to entry are relatively low, you know, it's basically a laptop and WordPress and you're off to the races. So just um, give me a sense of, and, and then I actually, I hear you say that you're interested in diversifying away from affiliate income. Maybe that's just because you're want to grow and you see other channels, revenue channels for growth. But maybe that also means that like you're feeling the heat of the competition in, in affiliate. So just kind of talk talk me through how I, as somebody out there who may, maybe I have $20,000 or $50,000 to spend and I'm looking at buying an affiliate site, what would you say to that person? Very long-winded uh, <laughs> question. Yeah, there's actually a lot to unpack in what you said. So there, it, it, there's no doubt it's very challenging. It's, it's vastly different than it was in, let's say, 2014, which was vastly different than it was in 2008. Exactly. It's, it's changing all the time so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to pick, a, pick apart a couple of things that you, that you mentioned. So, um, you know, the marketing side, right? The links, right? Absolutely. It's very crowded. It's very difficult. Um, there's so many people that are out there pitching. You know, I've built teams, helped build teams where we send you know, 30,000 emails a month, right? Like it's, it's for some, for some very large sites, like it's, um, that used to work and it doesn't really anymore because people like yourself understand the value of a link now. Right. So, you know, where things have kind of pivoted and certainly from Google's perspective as well, it's really quality of link over quantity of link. Mm -hmm. And so if you're able to figure out how to get a link from, you know, money.com or, uh, you know, pick your big news site, right. Mm -hmm. That's going to ha have and hold more value than, um, you know, getting, getting 10, 15, 20, 30, a hundred links from small blogs. Yeah. And so the difficulty can become a competitive advantage for people that know what to do. So we do thing, we do things in public in PR using PR. Yep. Um, just, I don't really care about the, you know, the interview necessarily or whatever word of mouth I'm going to get. Cause I don't necessarily, you know, I'm not selling like my own product, but the value of the link is such that it makes it worth it. So we do, we do different things like that. We utilize social media. We try to strike up conversations with authors and writers um, to be a resource, figure out what they're trying to do. Uh, what, what, like what, you know, the author is interested in and, and what can we spin up from a content perspective that can, that can help them. So we do all sorts of things like that. And I think the majority of people aren't willing to do that or yeah. don't have the capital to do that. Yeah. Um, and so that can become a competitive advantage for us. And then you know, the other side is your, your content's got to be good. So, yeah. you know, you can't just go to a text broker and think you're going to spend like three cents a word 
and have content that's going to rank. You can have all the links in the world, but if your content's horrible, um, maybe you're not going to make it. Yeah. 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 So it sounds like, um, I mean, as you said, it's a traditional PR strategy in some sense and, and only those who are finance, like who have the financing to do that money to do that can, can afford that. So what would you tell somebody who wouldn't have the resources to do a PR strategy and, and they really just have kind of, they just don't, they have less money to spend or, or, or they have only their own time to, to write the content themselves or to maybe outsource the content. Um, would you, do you think the affiliate game still holds opportunities for these people, individ, individual buyers? Yeah, definitely. But I think it's like on a case by case basis, right? Like yeah. you have to have, you have to be in a, in a niche that's got, that's supported by, you know, good enough partnerships, right? Like high paying advertising partnerships. Um, you have to think that, okay, I have an actual chance to compete, you know, what does a competition look like? And then I think um, it, it, it comes down to really your, so I, I would say like your point of view Mm-hmm. Um, and your angle within your content. And so I think like, you know, one of the strategies that's just underutilized is like figuring out what reporters at high domain authority websites are looking for. Like they're, yeah. they have, yeah. think about their job, right? Like they have to turn over content constantly. Yeah. So they, they have this huge appetite. Um, and just like, it's really for things like if they, if they can find um, kind of proprietary data, right? Or studies that, uh, you know, a, a, a unique website has a unique angle on, Yeah, they eat that stuff up. And so you end up having to spend some of your content budget in figuring out what that might be and what they care about to drive links to that page and then to funnel them into the page. The, that sort of link juice is, is you know, the, the term of art, if you will, sure. yep. into the um, the pages that, actually matter for your, to drive your revenue. Yeah. Yeah. So are you, are you then like investing in, in content in developing content that is based on surveys or somehow like f- yep. g- gathering data around some trend in the, in the job space? Yep. I've got kind of a, a data wrangler, if you will, on staff. Um, we invest in content, like study-based content. We, use uh, PR services to, to push that out. And then, um, you know, the, the job that I, I don't find as fun, but uh, kind of have to do it is I'm sort of the resource for uh, a lot of the interviews. And so yeah. I, it, you know, I was telling you off camera that I, I'm not super pumped about doing media and I'm more of an introvert, but I'm, I'm getting better at it. And it's not, it's kind of a, a skill that I have to do, but I've been on, you know, local news in New York city and, mm-hmm. Tampa, Florida and uh, Bakersfield, California and all these places because uh, local news stations really want to hear an expert voice on something. I enjoy talking about this topic. And uh, so, you know, I I end up investing a good amount of time in doing those interviews. And again, it's all for the the links. It's it's a link strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And so would you attribute that to your success in taking something? So, so let let me just, yeah, the uh, five figure acquisition and then taking it to over a hundred grand a month. uh, Is that because you changed the business model? So as we talked about, the previous owner was pursuing a business model that didn't go anywhere. You saw the opportunity to basically turn it into an affiliate monetization model was just flipping that switch. Did that get you a long way to a hundred to the hundred K MRR or was there 
a lot more to it than that, including all these PR efforts you're, efforts you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more to it because when you think if, if you were to really dive in and, and see how the money is made, like the site didn't have the content that matters uh, in, in terms of, of ranking for uh, keywords that are going to convert to you know, product offers. So we had to do all of that work. We had to figure out what those are. We had to do the content. So you know, work with writers. And fortunately, I know a lot of good ones because I've have, have a you know number of years of experience in this in this um, domain, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but like work with writers in terms of sketching out what that needs to look like and writing it and yep. getting it out there and starting to promote it. And then, you know, it, it's kind of a waiting game too. You know, I mean, we we did a, we did some pieces of content just as feelers, like we want to try to see what was going to pop and you know, six months go by, you don't see anything. And then all of a sudden you see a little bit of pop. And so you start to do more in, in, you know, in that, um, in that topic, topic area, yeah. you know, and by and pop, so, you mean sh- starting to get good rank well in search results. Yeah. Starting, starting to see rankings increase, starting to see some traffic, that type of thing. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, when I, when I, uh, one of the questions I always ask everybody is why buy instead of build? Um, which of course in the acquisition game is, is the big calculation. And could, could you have built this site from scratch? Because it sounds like you, you waited uh, a number of years or whatever, three years to really invest in it. And you could have acquired, you could have started a site from scratch and aged that domain yourself. What, what are your thoughts on, on that buying versus building? Yeah. So I, I don't think we could have built this uh, from scratch, nor would I probably have tried. Um, and why is that? I think there's a lot more moving pieces when you start from scratch. Okay. You're, you're thinking about like, maybe overthinking, well, what should the domain name be? Right. Like, I don't think <laughs> yeah. cloud's a great domain name, but it's certainly good enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, totally. you know, and, and then you're, you're thinking about like branding stuff and who's going to do what. And it's like, we were able to just sort of buy, um, X number of years of, of build in the site already. Yep. Right. And then we, we realized that it was underutilized in terms of what we wanted to do. And um, so it's hard to put a price on. I think, you know, it, I'll be honest too. Maybe, and maybe it's a little cynical, like the digital world, is, world has been here for so long, right? The internet's been here for so long. I mean, it, on, on a, on a scale, it's been like a blip, but you right. know, 20, 30, 40 years, you know? Right. And um things have been done before, right? So if you're not coming to market with like a brand new product, everything's been sort of tried. Yeah. Right? And it's like, why reinvent the wheel from scratch just to put your, let's say two to 5% improvement on when you can own something that has tangible assets, right? There's a domain name, there's a history, there's content. I would have to pay for all of that stuff. And it was probably going to be more than $50,000, especially yeah. on the link side. Yeah. So that's yeah. like where the calculus comes in is really thinking about how much does content cost? How much does marketing cost? And can you build that for cheaper than just acquiring something today? Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. And so, are, and it sounds like you're really investing a lot of your attention in, in continuing to grow career cloud. I mean, it's clearly uh, done well for you so far. So why not? But my question is, do you, are you looking at other acquisitions? Are you, are you, you know, looking at listings on micro acquire and FE international and empire flippers all the time? 
Um, because now you have the, I mean, you have such a great success to point to. And then I also want to get into some of the failures, but you have such a great success to point to. I, I, if I were you, I'd be hungry to do, you know, five more $50,000 acquisitions that I can crank up to a hundred, hundred K MRR. Yeah. Um, we're looking all the time. It's okay. always a question of where do you deploy capital kind of to the highest return or highest expected return. Yep. Um, and I think amongst our portfolio, we found that, you know, career clouds working. So we've been investing, you know, more and more time and, and energy in that. And I, I like, I just like the topic. I, yeah. I think I have a lot to bring to the table. So I'm passionate about it and I get to be creative with it. And that, that doesn't really have a price on it um, yeah. for me in terms of my attention. Um, there are other, so, I, you know, there, there are other sites in our portfolio that we've tried a similar path with, with career cloud and, you know, not, not found traction yet. And that doesn't mean that we won't come back to the table and really invest capital there to figure to figure it out better. But the highest use of our capital is, is career cloud right now. And then again, we're going to allocate a portion of that to diversification because I, again, just my finance background and, and just thought that you got to have some humility that just because you think it's a great idea doesn't mean it's going to work out. Yeah. Um, and so I'm a big believer in, you know, trying to do two or three things at the same time. Cause you just, the, the reality is you just don't know what's going to take off and what's not. And so I'm always trying to be prepared for that. Um, I think about it a little bit like playing uh, super Mario where he's jumping on the blocks. It's mm-hmm. like, you got to jump to the next one before it, you know, kind of falls away. And so, mm-hmm. so the, what, what are some of the other sites in your portfolio other than Career Club? So we have a site called testing.org, which is really geared towards um, standardized testing, helping people uh, find the best test prep software. So that might be in the ACT, SAT, LSATs, MCATs, those types of things. Okay. Um, I have a fitness site that I'm not going to name just because we haven't really done anything with it. Okay. Um, and uh, we have another kind of solar type site that uh, like green energy type site that we haven't done a whole lot with either. Okay. Okay. And those, those sites that you haven't done a whole lot with you, are you saying you haven't just invested in them and given them much attention or you tried, for example, producing a number of articles and those just kind of didn't go anywhere. And so you're not giving them as much attention anymore. Right. So we've done kind of like the initial sort of content tests, like what, what are the topic areas we think we should be able to rank for, or, you know, theoretically, and just throwing content out there to see if we could get some initial traction. Mm-hmm. Haven't really, um, with testing, we've kind of gone a couple more steps in developing a larger content plan and um, doing some marketing things. And that's just been, it's, it's, it's on a good trajectory, but it's very, very slow. So I think that one is, you know, holds a lot of promise. Um, but it's just been a little bit slower. And so right now we're, again, we're still, it, everything still kind of comes back to career cloud. Career cloud will top out at some point and then that the calculus will be different Yeah. Uh, in terms of where we, you know, really deploy incremental dollars. But um, right now it's that. I, I, I saw that it's growing at 20% a month. Yeah. Been on a tear. Yeah. Amazing. So would you recommend to to a buyer that they that they take a similar portfolio strategy to you? I I, I mean I, I'm I'm interested 
that you, this is your perspective on things because of your financial background, you take a portfolio strategy. Um, but also not only like just diversifying your assets, but even your content strategy, it's like, okay, we buy three content sites and we're going to put out 20 articles on each site and whichever one performs the best, we're going to double down on that. Um, and I, I feel like people who are newer at this than you probably just buy a single site. And so all their eggs are in one basket and they put out as many articles as they can on this single site. Um, Maybe they're financially constrained and they can't buy, they couldn't buy three sites if they wanted to, but would you, would you recommend a kind of a portfolio approach? Cause, cause just like with a product itself that you're introducing into the market, you never know for your, for your content, for your articles, which are going to be successful. It's just like really hard to know. Yeah, I mean, I think there's two, a couple of ways you can do a portfolio strategy. You can buy three sites at one time, or you can buy one, work on it, uh, see some traction or figure out that it doesn't work, get to the next one quickly, right? Like you can you can do that. Like I, I think the end goal, if, if you want a good lifestyle uh, out of this type of strategy, the end goal should be portfolio. Because um, I just think it's, I just think it's difficult given how the changes that happen with Google um, and all those types of things to say like, okay, one particular site is going to, you know, crush it forever, Mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's, again, you know, I, I, maybe I'm a little uh, conservative. I I don't know, but I, I, I think that's the way to do it, but your portfolio has to center around some, you know, skill set or insight that you have that you can lever to all of those, right? It's really hard to run a portfolio if all of your different pieces have, uh, you know, need different types of attention or different types of activities in terms of growing them, unless you have the infrastructure set up from a team perspective, right? And so what, what is yours? Content operations? What's my particular, I mean, it's, it's all phases of SEO, but certainly much more on like the content ops uh, side, yeah. you know, really doing good content, figuring out which, what are the pages that matter, that type of thing. I've done a bunch of stuff uh, around link building and I've seen it from an early days perspective, but at, at, you know, as we talked earlier that those types of approaches are really difficult right now. And so we've had to, we've had to adapt and we've had to try to figure out new things. And again, PR is one of those strategies. Yeah. Great. And, and the podcast itself, I assume is kind of part, part of that strategy. Kind of. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, it gets natural links. Um, It's a new, it's a diversified form of content on the site. And so I think that just helps. We regularly see um, colleges link to the podcast as a resource and their kind of career departments and stuff mm-hmm. like that when, we, when we've done no outreach for that. So it's it from the SEO standpoint, it's a good um, natural link builder. And now I, I you know, I really want to figure out how to grow that uh, podcast from a revenue diversification standpoint too. So, 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 so in other words, monetize, monetize. sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Monetizing it through, you know, traditional advertising or other podcast type relationships. Um, And that's where some of the creativity comes in, right? Like you build a a good enough structure underneath you. And now I get to go and learn something new. And that, like that, that has a lot of appeal to me. I don't want to, I don't really 
think of myself as an SEO guy. I want to be constantly learning different things. And so I get to do that um, because we've, we took the long approach, we put the time in and now it's sort of paying off. So that, that, to me, that's, that, that's been my goal all along, maximizing for freedom, whether that's like what I specifically work on or just having time with my family. Um, but we've, I'm proud that we've been able to sort of execute that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great lifestyle that you have and, and you're a great foundation that you've laid to continue having fun in your career. Mike, how can people reach out to you? We will, well, let's just plug Career Cloud. We've been mentioning it the whole time. So obviously uh, that would be one place to go and, and uh, uh, not support you, but but consume your content. And what the podcast is also called Career Cloud? Yeah, it's called Career Cloud Radio. Um, so you can find Cl- Career Cloud Radio on Spotify and uh, iTunes and all those places. Um, I know we have our email address up on the site. So if you have any particular questions or, or feedback from the podcast, I, I, I would love to hear it. I think that's actually a, a tough thing in the podcast world that I've learned is just getting audience feedback yeah. um, is, is kind of kind of tough. So I, I would love to hear that. Um, you can follow me on LinkedIn, uh, you know, Michael Garden on LinkedIn. I, I kind of have been really toying around with that platform in terms of what I like to talk about with related to, uh, you know, work life, home life, home office, remote work, and all those types of things. So yeah, if, if anybody wants to give me a follow there, I also have my personal website, which is just michaelgarden.com. I occasionally blog there and have some things, uh, up there in terms of like projects that I'm working on and stuff like that. Great. And, and Michael's last name garden is actually spelled with an O. So it's yeah. pronounced garden like garden, but it's G A R D O N, but we'll have that linked in the show notes anyway, for people, hey, by the way, how's the LinkedIn going? Pretty good. It's funny. I, you know, I get the most love out of stuff I post around like being kind of a dad entrepreneur. Oh yeah. So, uh, I, I talk a lot about like my kids run in my office all the time. And I kind of say I have a, an open door policy with my kids and they use my putting mat. And so I, I I've been talking a lot about just the struggles and challenges around, around that, like yeah. having two busy income earning parents and, and juggling kids and all that. And I get the most love off of stuff like that. So I think I'm going to probably start talking about that, you know, even more and just spreading whatever wisdom maybe I, I have at the, at the moment. I feel like I've, I've seen a number of people, um, content people or influencer type people who started talking about something technical, talking about their business. And over time, I've noticed their content shifted to more sort of inspirational or personal uh, life advice to sort of stuff. And that just tells me that that's what they saw was actually performing more than like the, you know, the really technical, actually meatier stuff that they were producing, but people really reacted to the personal stuff and the life advice more. So uh, you, you, it sounds like you're experiencing the same thing. Yeah. I mean, and I enjoy it. It's more fun to talk about. Yeah. Um, I don't really like talking about the technicals of SEO, but you know, <laughs> talking about what I do to try to drive balance through my life. I think people, res- that, I think that resonates with people. And yeah. It's so great. Like I want to help as many people as I can with that. Yeah. Well, you set out to create a great lifestyle. Uh, and have a lot of freedom, and you've done that. So you you have a, a lot of credibility uh, uh, on on kind of living life, really. Uh, not to not to sound too grandiose, but it's a, it's a really cool story, and that that you've executed on this. Um, well, thank you for the time, Mike. We'll we'll just leave it there, and I'll link everything that we just talked about in the show notes. So until next time. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks. <laughs>